Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 38 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show, as well as the main admin of the Baseball 365 Facebook group. Tonight we're going to cover the news and notes of the week, as well as discuss possible September call-ups. You can connect with us by following us on Twitter. Our handle is Baseball365Pod, or I guess if we're talking Twitter, at Baseball365Pod. You can also join us on our Facebook page, Baseball365, where there are great discussions daily about baseball. We talk about the game itself, fantasy baseball, redraft leagues, and dynasty league fantasy baseball leagues. If you're not listen if you are listening to this podcast and are not a member yet of that group, you seriously should need to go check that out. It's a great community. I can't say that enough. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, I I honestly believe it's worth creating a Facebook account just to be a part of that group. Now let me introduce my co-host and fellow admin of the Baseball 365 Facebook group, that be Andrew McQuiston. Andrew This past Tuesday was a very special day for the group on the Facebook page. Why don't you tell everybody what that's about? Yeah, yeah, one year since we uh, created it. That was mostly you, but I like to pretend like I was part of it. (laughs) You were, well, you were an admin five minutes after I created the group. We, it was, it's our group. We started it. Me, you, and made Kando our third admin, and we took it up, took the ball and got it started that day. It's crazy. A yeah. year later, here we are closing in on 1,500 members, and it's just, it's been an awesome year. It's, be- I had no idea when I created this group that it was going to, anything was going to come of it. And yeah, I remember that first day. It was just, it was like, create, we created it, and then it, you know, it was just one of those things where, like, oh, we'll see, you know, we get 100, 200 people in there, and, just kept going and going and going and going pretty much. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been an awesome year. I, I, it's taken off. I thought it could take off, but it's even exceeded my expectations. So I agreed. Agreed. I didn't expect all the things to come of it. And, uh, there are exciting things coming down the line that I looking forward to share with you guys also about concerning the group, but, Right now, it's it's been a fun ride. Uh, all through the last off season, we continued being it continued being active. Even here, as we're entering into fantasy football season, this is when people who play fantasy baseball start. A lot of people, their attention moves to football as we're getting into the beginning of the season and drafts are going on. But I was, I'm looking. We're still having 25 to 50 discussions every day. And it's oh yeah, very active still. Yeah. So for those of you who are part of the group, we thank you for being as great of a part of the discussions as you've been. It's been a fantastic ride. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I got a lot of news going on that's happened since we've been here last, and let's get into that. Headlining is Jose Ramirez with the Indians. He broke his handmate bone in his right hand. And it looks like he's going to be out for five to seven weeks, which means his season's likely over, and he's going to have to hurry to get back for the playoffs. And that's if the Indians can get in there. 
going into the games on Friday night here, they're three and a half games out of it in the AL Central behind the Twins, but they are right there in the wild card race as of this afternoon. They're in the first wild card slot, but there's only two and a half games between them and the Rays, who are in the outside bubble right now. So basically, we're saying there's three teams competing for two slots, all of them within three games of each other. So, after a brutal first half this year where Ramirez hit 218 with seven home runs and 317 at bats, Ramirez was one of, if not the best hitter in baseball since the All Star break. He was hitting 327 with 13 home runs, 40 RBI, and 26 runs scored in 40 games. Andrew, his season's likely over here, and the stats we look at this offseason are likely what we're going to see right now, which is a 254 batting average, 20 home runs, 24 steals, and about three quarters of a season. Where do you think the range is that he's going to be going in redraft leagues next year? Uh, Off the top of my head, it's kind of tough. I I would guess uh, late second round, third round, somewhere in there. That's where you think he's going to go, or that's where you're you're thinking you're going to invest? I know we're guessing here. That's, we don't know. That's where I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go sooner than that. Yeah, he might. I, yeah. I think people are going to see what he did, and I have a feeling he's going to be more at the wheel of the yeah. first, second round, or maybe even just the first couple picks. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, there are possible. It's tough for me to answer that type of thing when I'm not looking mm-hmm. at all the names next to each other. You know what I mean? It's it's yep. a little tough, but yeah, yeah, he could go early second to mid second. You know, it's I could see it falling a few different ways. I, I he's going to be kind of a divisive player, I think, where there's going to be some people that are in and people that are out. Probably not a lot of in between. Let me just throw a couple shortstops at you in a him or him game and see where we are with him going into next year. And I'm throwing this at you off the cuff. I didn't have this in the notes. Hopefully you're ready for this. But just throwing in some shortstops. Jose, or I pick shortstop. I guess that's not really fair, but we'll just infielders in general. Uh, What about him versus uh, Manny Machado? Just going to pick some infielders here and there. I'd probably lean Machado, but I get it because of the steals. Man, he won't get the steals. So It feels like Machado's the much higher floor, but the upside is there with Ramirez I just because of the steals. Yeah. I'm with, I, I think it's a which game you want to play there. Um, what about Correa, Carlos Correa? I think you almost have to take Ramirez. I think I agree. Correa, I mean, Correa is just, man, he's, stuck. he's just been so banged up. I feel like he just can't get healthy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it seems like it's one thing after another with that yeah, guy. Yeah, right it, it really is. I, I think I have a feeling with Correa, once everybody jumps off, that 
he's going to go nuts probably. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just frustrating because he's had a lot of nagging injuries that have seemed to pile up. And if he hadn't had this last one, I would have taken what everything he had before. I would would have taken it with a grain of salt. Having the broken rib, I, it just seemed like a freak deal. But this one made me a little more nervous because it's his back, and that's what hamstrung him all last year. Yeah. And uh, that one's a flag for me, being a little more worried. I'm going to throw one more at you, tug at your heartstrings here, and say, Jose Ramirez or Vlad Jr., next year redraft league? Vlad. I figured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not even saying it's wrong. I don't know. It's one I could see either one. Vlad. I, I I've said I've kind of said though, I, I'm like more on the I'm out with Ramirez than the I'm in. So if you're in, then you know people who are in are gonna take him before I would probably, so that's fine. I honestly have no idea yet. I'm going to real. that's one I'm really going to, I won't know until I'm actually sitting there in drafts. Cause I think right now I want to say I'd be willing to take him early to mid second. And then I'd see him sitting there and I just don't know what, am I going to have the stones to make that switch? Give tip Matt that pick given that 2018 second half and 2019 first half. Yeah, it's it's hard to for me to forget that, and I have I haven't owned him anywhere. I've never owned Jose Ramirez, so it's not like yeah. I got burned by him. But dang, that was rough. Yeah, I don't think I've owned him either. Okay, well we'll move on to the Rockies, and Bud Black has said that pitcher Herman Marquez is dealing with a tired arm, and the team was debating on shutting him down is debating on that. He was placed on the injured list retroactive to August 23rd with right arm inflammation. And they're saying that there is nothing structurally wrong, but he could just be tired. Now Marquez has an ugly four, seven, six ERA this year, but the underlying stats are still showing favor to him. His XFIP is sitting at three, five, 3.5. Thanks to a, basically a strikeout, per inning and a minuscule 1.81 walks per nine. But that said, he is a Rockies pitcher. It, 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 is it possible that because of that bloated ERA, Andrew, and the fact that he's a Colorado pitcher, he could go back to being a draft bargain next year? You know, I laughed when I read this in the notes because I had a conversation last night with our good friend Lucas Barry and yep. we were we were talking about Marquez and uh, we basically had like this exact type of conversation about how he's going to be discounted <laughs> discounted next season and I uh I I was just telling him we were just kind of talking about it but I still think he's good really good I mean I I think he's a good pitcher I think that this year has just been, it's obviously just kind of been a nightmare. The core stuff, you know, it's not going to go away, obviously, as long as he's on that team. But I think that going into 2020, he's obviously going to be discounted from what he was this season, probably quite a bit. And yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to be in on him. I. 
I don't know. We'll see where he lands. It's going to kind of depend a lot on that because I have him on one team this year. I wasn't really in. I just got one, got him on one team. And it's been frustrating, but I feel like every time out, he's capable of dominating. And the underlying numbers pretty much say the same thing. So we'll kind of see where he falls. I think there's going to be frustrated people. They're going to potentially let him fall too far, but. Maybe not. I don't know. It, that's one of those things you just kind of sort out in the offseason. As you started talking there, and I was listening to you, and I had a flashback, and I knew you were going to – I shouldn't say knew, but I was pretty confident you were going to say, I think I might be in on him because of a flashback to what you said six months ago about Chris Archer. It's kind of similar in terms of Archer's burned some people – has a very good underlying stats with good strikeouts, not walking too many guys, and you're buying them on the low end with the possibility of still being having the elite pitcher capabilities. But even if he pitches like he did this year, which I'm sure if I looked Marquez up, he's probably not rated near as low as you would think just because of the fact that he's got good ratios to go with and just bad luck on the ERA. Good, uh, Yeah, he's got a good whip and good Ks. Hopefully, yep. he, hopefully he uh, doesn't pitch like Chris Archer, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because if it goes that route, oh boy, it won't be a good year for you if you've yeah. got some shares. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or at least that wouldn't be a good investment. Right. Well, that's a interesting comp. As I just thought of that, Hope, we'll see. What do you What do you think of him? Just overall, I mean, going into Let's, next going into next year. I was thinking that before this conversation here, I don't know if I want to really, it'd have to be a pretty big discount for me to get in. But just as you started talking, I started remembering Archer in our conversations and you switched my, you changed my mind on Archer going into this year. And I'll still give you credit, even though it didn't work out, it was good logic. And I think I doubled down now that I'm thinking about this. If he's a pitcher SP number three, in a 15-team league, SP4, I'm, I think I'm jumping in on that. Yeah, it's tough with Marquez because I really do. I feel like when he pitches any given day, he can go out and dominate mm-hmm. good teams too, you know? But, yeah, I, I feel like I start him fairly confidently, even, even most of this season as he hasn't been good, or at least the, you know, the – surface stats say he hasn't been good but even though i'm quote-unquote confident it obviously hasn't worked out as well as you'd like so i'm looking it up right now his home away splits let's see here it has to it has to be fairly rough but you know what's odd his home k per nine is 10.3 and his road is 8.1 but oh actually, yeah, the K's yeah. That's just the first thing I'm seeing here. I was I'm on Fangraphs. I don't where's his ERA? I don't think I'm even seeing it there. He's actually got a better XFIP at home, which that isn't surprising because you're pitching to more batters because you're getting hit around, so you've got more chances to strike somebody out. There we go. Wow. Six point two six ERA at home and three point six seven on the road. Yeah. I knew it had to be. There was one or two outings in cores this year where he got absolutely blasted. Like, mm-hmm. I know the one, because it was on a Monday, 
afternoon because I remember thinking, well, that just ruined the week. It was, uh, you know, start of the week, first game of the week, basically. And it was like two innings, 10 runs or something. So bad. Mm. Yeah, but, I think I'm investing. Yeah, we'll see where he falls to. I'm curious. Next up, we'll talk about Adalberto Mondesi. That's always one I have to slow down if I want to try to say it right. But uh, it sounds like he's close to being back, or maybe he's back. They announced that he was supposed to be back this past Sunday. But looking through the box scores this week, I don't think he's been back yet. Have, am I right on that? Have you seen him playing? Uh, I don't believe so, no. He was supposed to be activated on Sunday, or that's what I was hearing a week ago going into the weekend. But meanwhile, I in that same report I less read last weekend, he's apparently being told not to dive in the field or dive on the head on the bases for the rest of the season. I'm assuming they mean head first. That kind of sounds troubling to me. What what do you think? Is that is that something you'd be should be worried about? Yeah, that sounds uh, it sounds pretty ridiculous, actually. Why are you even bringing that guy back? Yeah, I uh, really have no idea. Yeah, the last thing they said was that he's likely back Sunday. So we'll and see. But yeah, I, I don't know why why they would say that. Not well, to die. That's strange. The Royals bringing back one of their better young players and telling him not to dive. Brought to you by the same franchise that says we're not trading 31-year-old Whit Merrifield or whatever he, how, whatever age he is. Because he's a building block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I shouldn't try to get in their heads and figure that out. but uh, It's probably, uh, probably not going to work. So <laughs> No. I... I'm going to be curious to see what's going on with that this offseason. And hopefully this isn't something affecting him going into next year. I would assume a full, let's see, it's August. So we've got another six months before we're drafting. We're hearing stuff about him being okay now. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, Andrew, we've been busy with other stuff. We just finished our division breakdowns and then we did our mock dynasty startup and because we've been busy with all that other stuff, we really haven't gotten to talk about Reds outfielder Aristides Aquino. Am I saying that right, or am I butchering it? I think it's Aristides Aquino. I think. Okay, here but we go. I could I could easily be wrong too. So Aristides Aquino or, Ar- or Aquino. It might be Aristides. <laughs> it might be Aristides. I'm not positive. It's a tough name to say, so I think yeah. you're forgive. I think you're forgiven. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, everyone knows. A, everyone a. knows who we're talking about. So, and, uh, double A. That's it. Yeah. There but you go. double A is mashed this year. He hit 28 home runs in 78 games in Triple A, and. We've been seeing a lot of other guys doing that down in the farm this year because of the ball being juiced in AAA this year. But he's transferred that over to the big leagues. Ever since coming up about a month ago, he hit, he's broke the major league record for, with 14 home runs in his first hour in the month of August here. 
no rookie had ever hit more than 13 home runs in a single month in the history of baseball. I think Bellinger had previously had that record with 13 lap uh, in 2016, 17. Am, am I right on that? It was Bellinger? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So, anyways, on top of that, he's got a 321 batting average. He's can't do anything wrong right now. Andrew, this guy's winning leagues for guys that picked him up a few weeks ago or a month ago, but who is double A? And is this a guy we should be investing in next year? I uh, like I will say with pretty much anything regarding next year, it, it, it'll all come down to kind of his price tag and how much people are buying into it. I mean, I can promise you that he's not a 321 hitter that just isn't going to happen but I think the power is pretty legit and I think I mean I think there's a chance he's like Fran Mel Reyes you know I don't I don't think that's out of the question at all I mean it's been really good and seems like it's kept up I mean, all that him mashing like this is doing is buying him more time. You know, like when you come up like he did and you don't do this, which, you know, 99% of guys don't. But when you're not, you know, very good or you're up and down, there's a chance you get sent down and there's a chance you get benched or whatever. And he's pretty much removed that here for a while. He's going to – he's in there, you know. So. Yeah. That that matters some, you know, and it's just we'll see how he keeps it up. But, yeah, I mean, I think that his power is pretty legit. So he's definitely made a difference in leagues. I have him in one redraft league I've been shooting up in, and I got I got him in my home run derby league. Obviously, that's all. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I bid basically all my fat remaining fat on him. So it's been huge. And that was worth it. Yeah. Okay, I've got a question. I'm on his Fangraphs page right now. Have you been on it lately? I haven't looked at it. I don't think once. Perfect. It's since and since he's been up. Perfect. And I'm sure. I'm sure you're about to tell me his BABIP is like 528 or something. <laughs> uh, the, you're right on line with where I'm going. So I took these notes a few days ago. He's actually hitting 330 now. His batting average. But yeah. I want you to guess his batting average on balls in play. Uh, I'll say like four seventy five. It's three ten. Oh wow! I was just assuming it was something crazy. I did too. Although, just... although it's not like his batting average is that crazy, so I was probably overstating that, I guess. And if I recall right, home runs don't count on batting average on balls and play. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. Well, that might explain it too. It's... Yeah, that's. <laughs> That, well, that was the other thing the more I thought about it. I was just thinking as I said it. So, yeah, it makes sense that it's not as high as I was saying. Now, we'll play one more game. What's his home run to fly ball ratio? That, I'm guessing, is high. <laughs> um, I would say, like, I don't know, 35%. 41.2%. Yeah. But... That's how you end up hitting 14 home runs in 27 games. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I, I have mean, to look into it a little bit more to see how much I really believe. But 
I don't think his price is going to be insane next year because he's such an unknown, and there are guys who are checking out right at this point in the season to where I think his price could be like a Fran Mel Reyes if we knew Fran Mel Reyes was going into the year with the job this year, which he didn't. So yeah, or we, we didn't know that, so he was discounted a little, a lot more. But I could still see him being a, a guy going in the teen rounds or really close to, and that might be worth investing in because I agree with you. The power, I think, is legit. It's the question where the batting average lies up, lies and it's you know his strikeouts are in around twenty five percent in the majors and minors this year, but that's not atrocious by any means. Yeah, like I, I just wouldn't be that shocked if he was comparable with a, like a Fran Mel Reyes type player, you know, mm-hmm. over over a full season. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, he, right now what he's doing is just giving himself the opportunity to get that full season next year. So, you know, that matters. I mean, I think, I think there's a chance it could stick. Obviously it's not going to stick at this pace, but yeah, I I think, I think he can hit for power. You mean you do not expect him to hit 83 home runs this year? Yeah. Or next year? (laughs) No, I think he, I think he could hit 35 though over a season. If, If he, you know, Stuck for the full year, so that'd be a disappointment. After I do, I I do kind of feel, yeah, right. I do kind (laughs) of feel like it's a guy that over time will get exposed. That whole stance is so weird to me. I just feel like it'll he'll get figured out. You seen his stance? Actually, now that you say it, I I think I've seen a home run replay or two, but I don't think I've even noticed it. Oh, he just he's facing the pitcher. I thought I heard somebody say that. It's pretty yeah, open. Yeah, it's like an open – it's way open. It's not yeah. – it's like – I mean, he's basically standing facing the pitcher. It's just weird. I don't know. I Some of that I think will be exposed once he you know gets around the league thir- second, third, fourth time. But um, I tell you, though, when he crushes ball, it's it's like so easy for him to just – smash one out to dead center it looks like he isn't even trying he mm. just he just crushes it and then just does his little hop on his way to around the base <laughs> it's just like it's nothing and it's way gone like he's hitting bombs it's not like they're barely clearing so it's an interesting player for sure especially since he kind of just exploded onto the scene i actually i don't know if i told you this i might have but I, I yeah i think i told you a while back i traded him Yes. And yeah, in Roto Masters yes. 3. It was right before. I think he had hit like one or two. Yes, that's when it was. He had yeah, hit one or it two. was yeah, it was right when he got called up, hit one or two. I got him in fab. I basically traded him pretty quick and I I kept saying I was like I should have just waited a week or yep. two weeks cuz if I'd have waited a week or two I'd have probably I'm still not too upset with the trade, but it's doesn't look as good as it did when I made it. No, you'd have gotten a bigger name back. Yeah. You would have. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll move on to Trevor Bauer, who he keeps getting lit up in Cincinnati. Since he was traded there, he's thrown 26 innings, and he's given up 22 runs for a 7.6 ERA. He's walked in and struck out 32, which isn't bad at all. 
but his XFIP still shows at a 4.70 clip during that stretch. This has a ZRA down to 4.34 in his 182 innings pitched this year. And Andrew, I know you were high on Bauer going into last year, not 2019, but 2018, as his price was still pretty discounted. And he paid off for you and anyone who took him last year. But this year, people had to pay a much steeper price on Bauer, an ace price, and have not gotten back what they paid for. Where are you at with Bauer in terms of draft price this offseason? Let's say he's... I'm just going to throw a hypothetical at you since you keep saying... Since you're saying where does he go... Depends on where he's going. He was a third, fourth rounder this year, and I expect him to be a little lower than that going into next year, but if he's like a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, like back half of the top hundred, do you think you're jumping back in on him? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would be in. If he's I I think that he's probably a low end number one, high end number two going into next year. Uh, maybe that's a little off, but I, I, I believe in him overall. It's been a tough season, but I think he's really good. I mean, it's just, yeah, I think if he's discounted, well, he'll be discounted for sure. I, I, uh, I definitely could see myself buying in. Yeah. You know, since going to the Indians in 2014, you know, he didn't pitch a, he pitched a full season starting and actually he went to the Indians in 2013, but he had just had a 17 innings pitched and he's pitched in the rotation since 14 and his ERA 14, 15, 16, and 17, all of them were somewhere between 4.18 and 4.55. And he had the big second half in 2017 that got his ERA down to 4.19. Then he had that big breakout that last year with the 2.2 ERA. And it's gone back up to what has been the means before that with 4.3 being that ERA. And, you know, ERA is luck-based. And I'm, it's not definitely not the be-all, end-all. I am I heard this discussion going on. I think Rich and Tim were talking about this on the Prospect 361 podcast. And it, it definitely got me thinking. But I think... It goes back to the Archer theory. Let's say his ERA is in the low fours and he's striking out 10 or 11 per nine like he's been doing. I think I'm still willing to say, you know what, that's not a terrible player who's got a potential if he pitches in the low threes or better that he's in absolute uber ace winning leagues. Yeah, yeah, there's some, there's some guys that, um, I mean, like with Bauer, I don't, there was people this year that were predicting him to finish as a top three pitcher, top five pitcher, Cy Young type, all that. When Bauer, when people think that of Bauer, I'm out. I don't think he's that. But, you know, after a year like this year, I think it could swing too far the other way. And I'm willing to pounce on something like that if it does happen. So, yeah, I, I, think he's good. I think he's good. I think he's good. I just, I just don't think he's like the best pitcher in the league or anything. And I, 
I think if you're you're wanting that or hoping for that, it's it's just a bit much for me. But yeah, I think he's good. Okay, I think I'm with you on that. All right, next up, it looks like Rugnet Odor, the Rangers' second baseman, may be on his last opportunity to turn things around before they bring move him to the bench. At least that's what Evan Grant is saying with the Dallas Morning News. He was talking about this, I think it was last weekend. Odor, he's had a pretty brutal season. As of when I took these notes, he was had a batting average under 200 with a 271 on base and an OPS that's a pitiful 673. This is the second time in three years that his average has been under 210 and an on-base percentage being under 270. Now, last year was a nice rebound, but after struggling again, now Nick Solak is up for the Rangers after they acquired him in a trade at the deadline, and he's been pretty good so far. Is it possible, Andrew, that you think maybe we're ending the ne- nearing the end of the Odor's run in Texas? Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Isn't he on a isn't he on a long-term deal though? I'll try to look that up while you're I, talking about him. I think you're I, right. I think it's a long I want to say it might even be a little expensive too. I, I can't remember exactly, but uh yeah, I, it's kind of one of those things with Odor. It's it's just like the same old, same old. And Texas, I mean, what are they doing? They're, they're not <laughs> going any. They're not going anywhere. You know, it's. I don't know. I just I'm starting to kind of feel like they may just need to try something different. But that said, like I, I think he is on a five six year deal or something like that i want to say i don't remember exactly but i have it here in front of me i think it's a tradable contract as i look at this with them eating a little bit of the money but and then making it tradable uh three years left guaranteed next year at 2020 at 9 million and then 21 and 22 at 12 million with a 13.5 million dollar club option in 2023 so I think if they were willing to eat like three to six million of that, they could probably trade him and probably get something back in return yeah. too. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. Solak's been pretty good, so yes, I ended up trading for him about a month ago in one dynasty. Tried getting him in the other once I realized that he was in Texas because in Tampa, that's a whole nother story because they love platooning everybody and have so many guys. I thought he could would be buried there, but Texas, I saw playing at time opportunity. I went and acquired him in one league, and yeah, he's been pretty good so far. I mean, I don't know. Long term, I, 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 I like the tools, and I at first, like last year, he had 19 home runs and 21 steals, mixing that up real good, but this year he's got 28 home runs, but only six steals. And that kinda, that's a little disappointing, but good power bat. Man, Odor's just such a weird player. It's like he has these fantasy-friendly skills with the power and the yep. speed. But, I, man, that guy is just, he's just such a bad hitter, like getting on base and stuff. It's just terrible. Yep. Two, 270 on base this year. And, and it's not just this year. 291 for his career. 
I mean, his career slash lines, 240, 291, 434. That's pitiful. And he's got a career 86 WRC+. plus. I mean, he's just... He's just not that good. I, there was a while there where it was, oh, he's young and maybe it'll develop, but generally hit to like guys who can't really hit and it's just power speed types. Their hit tool doesn't usually develop at t- between the ages of 23 and 25. I mean, it just doesn't happen a lot. If they're good at getting on base, they're good at getting on base, and if they're not, they're not. For the most part, yeah. So it's just been the same old, same old with him for several years now. It feels like, you know, he's always had a low BABIP just about every year of his career. But it's because he also pulls. I, I shouldn't say that. Let me look that up. I would imagine his pull rate is incredibly high, and his oppo is low. Let's see. Yeah, I'm sure. Career forty six percent pull rate and twenty percent oppo with thirty two percent in the center. That's huh. Okay. You get he I, definitely I, would, hits in, I would have expected more than that. I did too. Especially with that batting average on balls in play. Huh. Anyway, we'll just move on after that and go into some pitchers who may be a Returning soon, that would be Tyler Glasnow and Luis Severino. But it sounds like both are expected to return in relief roles as they're working their way back from some long-term injuries that they've been dealing with. And either the team is wanting to be careful with them, or maybe they feel like they'd be better serve them in a relief role to, as they gear for potential playoff runs. Both of both teams are saying these guys are going to be re- likely in relief roles. Um, in redraft leagues, let's say 15 team leagues, Andrew, do you think either of these guys are worth rostering right now, given they're probably just going to be relievers or are are these guys you'd hold on to, or you throw them back? No, no, I wouldn't hold on to them. I feel like right now in redraft leagues, you can't really wait anymore. There's not enough time left. I mean, you're basically... Sunday will be four weeks till the end of the season. And anybody who isn't producing for you right now, short of, you know, a top 30 to 50 player, I think is potentially cuttable. It's just, there just isn't enough time left to stash people and wait, you know, just. Some leagues have plenty of IL slots to where they can be rostering him with no repercussions right now. Let's say they're returning in the middle of September, except that they're going to be a long reliever. I mean, is that even worth rostering at this point? No, I think the answer is no. Not for me. No. I mean, maybe, I mean, what best case they get one or two starts and you miss out. I mean, and and then it. What if it's not good? I don't know. I just. Yeah, no, I wouldn't care about them. Are you in, in redraft leagues? I still like both of those guys actually, for the future. But just in redraft, I would just be done with it. You know. That was going to be my next question. Are yeah. you more worried about one over the other going into twenty twenty? Uh. 
probably have to look a little more into it, but um, I think I'd probably favor Glass now going forward out of the two. But same here, Glass now was yeah, pitching this year. Yeah, they're but, both. Uh, I think they're both potentially interesting still. Yeah, I think they're both interesting and scary both. Oh but yeah, they're they're de- <laughs> they're definitely scary. Severino could just have a shredded shoulder and not be able to pitch as a starter anymore. And Glasnow yeah. could be rehabbing all this time and realize, nope, I need to have Tommy John surgery. I just, but they could also come back and be aces next year. I mean, it, it all yeah, those, on price. they're going to be those those guys. If I had to guess, are going to be like mid round picks next year that are going to be like the I'm taking a shot on this guy to try and win my league. And like those, you know, just sexy types that people want that they, you know, that have a lot of upside because they do. I mean, it's clear Severino's been Cy Young contender the last couple of years and Glass now the first month, month and a half of the season, whatever it was, was as good or better than anybody. So it'll be interesting with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I was thinking before you said mid round, I was thinking they might be back half top hundred, so sixth to eighth round picks. But I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just spitballing too. I don't know. But if they're at that point, I mean, I guess it depends on who's available around them. I should have made a him or him game. For they just have it. They just but, haven't pitched much this year. It's no like Severino hasn't pitched at all, and Glass now really hasn't pitched much. So the, dura- the durability questions, I think, are going to push them down quite a bit. But if they're mid round guys, I'm buying unless I'm hearing scary things in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of some of it'll come down to reports in february and march too yeah i think they could easily get pushed right back up to fifth sixth round picks uh, if they're looking like they're healthy and pitching in the spring yeah finally i wanted to discuss news wise jack flaherty here for a minute flaherty has had a pretty rough however he had a pretty rough first half with a 4.64 era at the all-star break but since then, he's been one of, if not the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I took these notes a few days ago. I didn't update them. But in 49 innings in the second half going into his most recent start, his ERA is at 0.73 with 64 strikeouts and 14 walks. He's been flat-out dominant. And, Andrew, we did the NL Central podcast, and I think at that time I'm Vaguely remembering, Flaherty had a 4.2, 4.3 ERA at that time. And I remember asking you an over-under at 3.6 at the end of the year, or 3.7, something like that. And I think we both took the over, but said it was close. And here we are at the end of August, and his ERA is at the low threes at 3.3. Flaherty was already considered a SP2 in 15-team leagues going into this year. Is he moving into being drafted as an ace next year? And if so, are you bought in as an ace? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think he'll be drafted as one. Um, 
some people don't consider. I mean, assuming you're considering top 15 as an ace, some people don't, you know, if depending on what you consider the ace tier. But if you're talking top 15, yeah, I, I think he'll be there. Uh, as far as whether or not I will be, we'll see. There's time to sort that out. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. It kind of depends on the helium that comes with him. I, I think there's going to be quite a bit of it. It reminds me a lot of but deser- Castillo. Des- deservedly so too. I, I will say. I I've always been. I've always liked Flaherty. I think he's awesome. He's been even better than. I kind of thought he would be so. And he's been a lot better than anybody could have thought he he would be this summer. I don't think Lou, if you had asked Flaherty at, at the All Star break himself what he thought he could do in the second <laughs> half, he would say he could do this. It's been an incredible run, that's for sure. And yeah, yeah I think he's a back end SP one going into next year, and I think that sounds about right. I think I'd feel more comfortable with him as a high end SP two personally, but. I guess we'll uh, we'll see. Luis Castillo, it reminds me a lot of him, who had a very similar year last year as Flaherty's had this year. Yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to talk about some September call-ups that possibly could be happening. And... I was on MLB.com this past week, and I looked. They provided a list of possible September call-ups, one for each organization. And I'm not going to go over all of them because a lot of them aren't interesting or relevant, especially for fantasy baseball, but maybe even the majority of them aren't. But there are some that are worth bringing up and maybe worth a stash and redraft leagues, and I'm going to ask Andrew his thoughts on these guys. And we're going to start off with Baltimore and Ryan Mountcastle, who is a first baseman there. He started off in the minors a couple of years ago as a shortstop, but I heard at that time that he had a noodle for an arm and wasn't going to stick there. And he proceeded to move from short to third, played a little bit of left field, and now he's sitting at first base. And he's looking like he's destined to be a first base left fielder for going forward. This guy's hit a lot in the minors. He's got 25 home runs and an 873 OPS in AAA this year. Andrew, is he worth an ad right now in redraft leagues? Uh, maybe in deeper leagues, like 15, 20 teams. I I probably would just not worry about it. I, Baltimore's offense, you know, it's just whatever. I mean, I just... I think that the level of prospect that I would have to be interested in stashing right now, because one, you have to have them come up very soon. And then two, you have to have them obviously help you. And I don't know. I don't really know if Ryan Mountcastle is going to help you in the next month. I could easily see him being one of those guys that comes up and hits eight to 12 home runs in a 30 game stretch. I just, I don't, I'm not saying I expect that to happen, but I can definitely see a world where that happens, where he's that hot guy going into next year because of what he did in September. And I say hot, I mean guy going in the mid to late rounds as a spec, I should say, but because he had a strong finish. The one thing I'll say, 
he's hitting 309 in AAA this year, and that's with a 365 batting average on balls in play. And he does have really good bat-to-ball skills. He showed that all through the minor leagues. But this guy does not take a walk at all. Yeah. This 4.1% walk rate this year in a 535 it's, at-bats. It's been that's that way. Good. It's been that way every year pretty much. Yes, it has. Yeah. As somebody who – I've had him in Rotomasters too for two and a half years just because I got him – I picked him up early whenever he was having a big year a couple years ago. But – I'm not viewing this guy as a big time prospect. I'm. I, it's funny right now. If the season ended in Rotomasters Masters two, I would not have a first baseman. So it's kind of like, well, maybe if he could get himself up, at least I have somebody to plug there. If I going in next year, if I don't make a trade, but so I'm cheering for him to come up. But yeah, I'm not expecting big things. But I could see a little bit of a run before the league adjusts to him and realizes he swings at everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, Debbie Garcia, he's dominated in AAA. That's the small pitcher for the Yankees. He's a, incredibly tiny, but he has an electric arm. Uh, the Yankees are talking like they might bring him up as a bullpen guy, and that probably takes away any fantasy value. Does Am I right? Yeah, I, um, I, exact, yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. I, I read that if he did come up this year, it would be in the pen. And as a middle reliever, it's not anything really you got to worry about in fantasy, I wouldn't think. I, uh, I do think that he's kind of interesting when he starts getting starts, but I don't expect that till next year. Just because with Yankees and, you know, Yankee hype and all that, I don't know. I could see him coming up and being really good for maybe a short stretch. I think long-term, you know, I don't know. But you know how it is. Yankee pitcher comes up and is lights out and has been a good prospect. All of a sudden, he's the most hyped guy in the universe. I could kind of see that with Davey Garcia, but... I don't think that's going to be till next season. I think this year, if he's up, he's going to pitch just a small number of innings in the pen, probably. He could be a good bullpen pitcher for him, like in the playoffs or something. I, I could see that. Where do you think he is long-term? I know we're guessing here, but he's a small guy who I think does have a lot of walks this year per nine innings. I think I've mentioned it before, but, but I think he's like Marcus Stroman. Okay. I mean, that's just the guy I think of. But, hmm. um, yeah, I don't think he's like a dominant starting pitcher long term. But I think that he could be a solid one. So. You got me curious looking at Stroman's strikeout stats when he was in the minor leagues. And, wow, yeah, there's a. Let's see here. Yeah, he was striking out 10, 11 batters uh, per nine there in 2013, 2014. Debbie's, I mean, he's a strikeout machine at one point this year. He was even at 14 and a half and 16 uh, there in his early stints in the low, like high A and double A before he got to triple A and moved down a little bit. But I think I still see a bullpen arm out of this guy. But I don't know. The Yankees do need starters. Yeah. And I'm sure they'd rather him be starting for him. 
we'll give him a shot there. Yeah. Uh, White Sox. Any chance they call up Luis Ro- Robert? I always want to say Robert. Yeah. Who is already a 30-30 guy this year. I tell you, I've said that for so long. I apologize. Yeah. It's, it's. Uh, I think it's one of those things that's officially been corrected. So it is Luis Robert. But um, no, I don't think he's coming up. I think he would have probably already come up. There's the, the White Sox have done this before. I, I don't. I don't think he's coming up. I think he'll probably be up the early part of next season. If they get an extension or something, maybe he'll be up opening day next year. But, uh, yeah, most of 2020, I think he'll be in the majors. Agreed. And I, if I was the White Sox, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Yeah. Kyle Tucker. Here's another 30-30 guy with 32 home runs and 30 steals. I think 33, I home runs now i think he hit one last night in triple a that said he really hasn't been near as good as he was last year if you dive in a little deeper the, the stat you use a lot that i've started trying to pay a little more attention to is wrc plus this year is at 112 despite going 30 30 compared to 155 last year he seems like he's definitely going to be up this month but would you think he's going to get regular play Oh, man. I mean, I just – will he get regular play? I – what is Josh Reddick – like, how bad does Josh Reddick have to be to not get regular play? I, he's been so terrible. I – I uh, it's kind of been weird to me for a while now. I, I've said it before, but I think they just hate Kyle Tucker. I don't really know what else – why else he wouldn't be playing? I mean, if if Kyle Tucker comes up and isn't good, he's Josh Reddick. Yes. So what does it matter? Like, what does it matter? You know, I don't understand why he isn't playing over Josh Reddick right now, every day. Since the All Star break, he's hitting under two hundred with a batting average and a batting average under two hundred yeah. with a sub two forty on base percentage and slugging percentage. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, and it's like for a team this good, obviously playoff World Series aspirations, you would just expect a guy like Kyle Tucker to be in the majors. At least I would. I don't really get it, especially when they have Josh Reddick with one of those spots, you know, playing in one of those spots. Isn't the playoff rule that you have to be up before September 1st if you're going to be on the playoff roster? Isn't that the rule? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Which means that he could come up and blow up in September and they still couldn't put him on there. That's just yeah, that's nuts. Just, it just seems so backwards to me. I don't, I don't understand why they're not doing it. If it was any team other than the Astros or maybe the Dodgers, they'd be getting crucified for what they're doing with Kyle Tucker. Anybody yeah. else, they'd be crucified. Right. But the Astros, because they're winning and they've done, made so many right moves, they're getting away with it right now. Yeah. Okay. Angels. Joe Adele. Any chance we see him up? I don't think so, no. I Is think they've still, already even I, announced he's not playing. Yeah, I was going to say, last I looked, he was kind of struggling a little bit. 
Yes, but uh, either way, I don't. I don't think it's too big of a deal. I still think he's an elite prospect, but I don't think he's coming up this season. In forty-three games in Double A, he hit three oh eight with eight home runs, six stolen bases, and he's been in Triple A for twenty-four games, where I always say is the easier league to hit in. And we're talking small sample, but. He's hitting 264 with zero home runs and one steal and a 31% yeah. K rate. So, yeah, it's been a tough going for him so far in, tri- in his first stint up there. 300 in his last 10 games. So. Oh, there you yeah. go. That's, regardless, yeah. I, even if he was hitting 500 right yeah, now, I'd be I don't saying think the it, same thing. Yeah, I was just wondering if he'd gotten out of that kind of slump he was in. Uh, but, no, I don't, I don't think he's coming up. Agreed. Uh, Oakland, we got Sean Murphy, who seemed like a name many expected to be up by midseason, and he had an injury derail that, but he's been pretty good since returning to AAA. For the year, he has a three thirty seven average with 10 home runs in just 27 games. He seems like one that should be up and maybe even able to grab that catcher gig in September. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't yet, but maybe yeah. it was because... Maybe it was because of that, uh, the injury. So, yeah, this, I, I would kind of, I would consider it a, a possibility. I, I always feel like with the teams that are competing, you know, with a chance to make the playoffs or clearly making the playoffs this season, you want, you know, you just, you want your best guys. I mean, it's, pretty self-explanatory that you want your best guys in there so i think it's fair that to say that sean murphy's probably better than the options they've been rolling out it goes back to my previous thing with tucker i'm surprised he's not up before september 1st if that rule does if i am correct because that's a guy who really they could use for the playoff run if they get in there yeah all right, Atlanta. Ian Anderson has 21 innings in AAA after throwing 111 innings in AA this year. Given Atlanta's having some struggles at the back of their pen, he seems like he'd make it for a nice arm at the back of that bullpen. Yeah, totally agree. I actually hadn't even really thought too much about him um, or the possibility of that when you sent these show notes and I read it, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea to me. So, yeah, I definitely uh, – they could use a boost. Like you said, in the back of that pen, it's just – Rough. Yeah, it's rough. They, he would definitely give him a jolt. Okay, Nationals with Carter Keeboom. He should be back up in September. He got a brief shot earlier this season when Trey was out, and Keeboom did struggle on that stint, but – He's hitting 308 with 16 home runs in AAA this year. Dozier's been doing all right, though, and the Nats offense is rolling right now. I'm not sure there will be consistent playing time for Keyboom, even if he's called up. What say you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there will be consistent playing time, but I think he probably should be up after the minor league season is over. I mean... I don't know why in their position they they wouldn't bring him up, even if it was just to play him two or three times a week, because it's not like he would 
he's playing after his season's done. So, yeah, it makes sense to me to bring him up. Next year, I could definitely see him going into the year with a starting role because Rendon's going into a offseason where he's a free agent, if I yeah. recall right, and Dozier, I'm pretty sure, is there on a one-year deal. So he has two possibilities of having a starting gig going into next year. And Yeah. I think, I think his, he'll get his shot at that point. All right. Uh, Dylan Carlson was mentioned as a as the Cardinals' possible call-up in this article. And get, being the Cardinal fan, I'll say I don't see it given he was just called up to AAA. But, man, since he's joined that league and faced pitchers throwing the juice ball, he has been flat-out raking. When I took these notes a few days ago, he had only played 11 games with 455 batting average, three doubles, a triple, and three home runs. And I think I saw he hit another one last night. The Cardinals are in first place in the division race, though. And while I don't see him coming up, I really thought that maybe there was a shot until they basically came out and said, he's not coming up, but he's competing for a starting gig next year. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. I wasn't really expecting him to come up. But I, I just got to say this, man. Dylan Carlson is a stud. Like, this guy is going to be so good. I, I, uh, I know we've talked about it. I'm actually really uh, excited to see where I rank him this offseason when I do my mm-hmm. rankings. Because I, I just, this guy's just so good, man. Like, he, I think he's going to basically be. Meadows Conforto type player next season. Like it's just, I think he's going to get his opportunity and I think he can contribute across the board. He basically does everything. There's speed there. There's pop. He can hit. Uh, yeah. Take a walk. Yeah. I just think he's a stud. I really do. And I think it's going to be, soon it's like one of those things that all of a sudden it's just going to hit everybody in the face like holy cow this guy's good i just totally see it with him i'm looking forward to seeing that guy in the lineup i see him as a perfect two-hole hitter and staying there for a while yeah he's good mauricio dubon is the giants middle infielder that they acquired from the brewers in that drew pomeranz trade at the deadline and it looks he looks to be their second baseman going into next year, and he's been pretty good for the Giants since coming over to the organization. He did get his clock started by the Brewers briefly earlier in the season for like a weekend series, but he was just called up a few days ago. Do you have any interest in this guy? Not really any, any interest in like a redraft league. I'm curious to see if they call him up. I don't. He's been really, called up. Oh, he has been called up. Okay. Yes. I must have missed that. Has, yep. Giants called he... him up earlier this week. Oh, okay. Sorry if you said that. I must have missed it. But... You're good. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I, I don't have too much interest in him. Not a lot of pop there, a little bit of speed, but just a bad lineup. Yeah. Not an ideal place to be hitting. It's, I don't even know. Is he a right-handed? Yep, he's a right-handed yeah, he's hitter. Ready. Yeah, 20 home runs and 10 steals and about 120 games this year in AAA. Yeah, not too exciting there. Yeah. 
And finally, maybe the best player on this list, arguably at least, let's talk about Gavin Lux. He started this year in double A and was having a great season. And then he went to triple A and has put up video game numbers in the PCL. All right. He's played 45 games. These are his stats. 400 batting average with a 486 on base, a 735 slug, and an OPS of 1.221. Oh, and his WRC plus is at 193. (laughs) The Dodgers are reportedly given consideration to bringing him up. They really don't even need him, but obviously this guy helps their team and it's hard to justify keeping him down. Andrew, do you think we see him in September? Man, I Yeah, I I don't understand. Like I as far as the um they don't need him. I think they need him. And I, I'm not saying that because the Dodgers are struggling. I mean, I guess technically they don't need need him, but I think that from the moment Gavin Lux is called up, he's probably like their fifth or sixth best hitter on their team. You know, fifth, sixth, whatever, seventh. I mean, I'm not listing off guys. but And to me, that's pretty valuable when you consider the position the Dodgers are in. I mean, this team gets far and falls short every year. It makes all the sense in the world to call this guy up. I, I, I'm kind of surprised they haven't done it yet. I've got him stashed in one redraft league and, you know, just been waiting on it. But, uh, yeah, he's just completely crushed for the last year and a half. And, yeah, I think even on a team like the Dodgers, he can have impact. So I I thought when I saw the Muncie news. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, Muncie got hurt, and he's out a couple weeks, you know, a few weeks or whatever. And um, I was like, man, I'm just waiting on the alert that Lux is called up. I, and I still haven't got it, but I'm just – I feel like it's close. So that's a good point. I wrote yeah. this before the Muncie injury and yeah, that opens up a spot for him. Yeah. And I also just felt like even with Muncie healthy, they should have called him up. But um, yeah, I expect him, I expect him to be up. Okay. Well, that's all the guys I wrote down. Is there Anybody else that maybe you thought of that wasn't on the in this article or somebody I missed that you'd like to discuss as a possible September guy? Maybe a lesser-known player even? No, not, not really. I think that pretty much, pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think it touched up on most of the main names. I mean, we'll see other guys that I'll try to keep these notes and whenever we do our next episode and see the call-ups, if there's some of these that we've not talked about. Well, maybe that are maybe interesting that I hadn't thought of or somebody that has a good start. Maybe we'll try to talk about them on the next one then. What's the latest on uh, Lazardo? 
pitched four and two thirds innings last weekend. And just like Sean Manea, they're kind of being weird about it in terms of I think Lazardo's still gonna start another game down in the minors. But I think he's gonna get up there at some point in September and yeah. get a start or two in. But I was I just hadn't heard news in the last week or so on him. I was just curious if you had. I need to look and see if he pitched tonight. I'm gonna try to reload. I know, uh, I know Manaya's close. Like, I've been yes. reading up with him because I've got him in arm two and just been thinking about it. But Lazardo's yeah. pitching tonight, and I don't know if his start is done, but right now he has five innings, one run loud, allowed, five hits, no walks, nine strikeouts in oh, AAA. Man. That's man. a that's a good sign right there. Maybe his next start will be in the bigs also. But yeah, I feel like he could him. And, and uh, Puck could really help him down the stretch. I know Puck's and been up pitching in the pen, yeah. I mean, they're they're obviously right there, you know, possibly get a wild card. So Lazardo and Manea could be their top two pitchers. They've been making it this year on yeah. all these guys, and yep. those could be their one-two. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, like, the interesting part of it with them. I mean, you could almost see a wild card game where Lazardo – Puck and Manaya are the pitchers in the game. Oh my gosh! You know, That's I mean, fascinating. I think, it's, I think it's very possible, anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's not something that's probably a lock, but I think that's the reason these guys are interesting because of the options that um, they've been rolling out. I mean, they've granted they've had a pretty good season, even rolling out what they have, but. Their starting rotation is definitely not the strength of their team. Nope. It wasn't last year either. And they were making it on Edwin Diaz and, or not Edwin Diaz, uh, Edwin Jackson and Brett Anderson, guys yeah. like that. They've been doing Fires. it again this year. Fires Fire. have been good this yeah. year. Yeah, he was but, good at the end of last year, too. Manea. That whenever he was rehabbing, I was hearing that they may they were even saying they may not have a spot for him in the rotation, which is crazy given Homer Bailey's in the rotation. But um, I think they're saying that they're going to go six man in September, so that oh, creates okay. a spot right there. Nice. I hate six man rotations, but I guess that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> if you got to get Homer Bailey and keep him in that rotation, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, gosh, it's so annoying. All right, Andrew. Well, that wraps up our episode number 38 here. I think we c- covered the news and got some call-ups and it's we're down to the final stretch. And we got a month left in this se- in these fantasy seasons and I guess I'll ask you, I know you're doing well in Rotomasters too. I do you, how do you think you're doing in your others? Do you think how many leagues do you think you got a shot at Clint at winning the league? Um, I don't know. I don't want to jinx myself, but shot. I didn't say um, how many you're going to win. Rotomasters two has been good. Um, that one I got a shot. The um. My online championship league has been really good. I should win that, hopefully. 
Uh, the Home Run Derby League, I'm leading. And that's kind of close. And then the um, Rotomasters 1 and Roto Regs. So Rotomasters 1 is obviously a dynasty league. Roto Regs is a 20 team redraft with some guys from the group, Rich and Tim, and some other guys. My team's been flying up, and I'm in fourth at this moment out of 20. It's a 20-team league. I was in 12th at the All-Star break, so that's been good. I think I have a chance, but it's very tight at the top. It, it's um, another week or two, I feel like I'll have a better idea. But, yeah, that one's possible. And then Roto Masters won them. Trying to run down the great Ian Khan. He's he's tough to beat, but we're re- we're close. So I think I have a cha- I think I have a chance, but I'm probably uh, more likely to get second. Uh, real how- real realistically, anyway. So you just mentioned four or five leagues that you're in it in right there. How many total do you play in? How many total are you in this year? Um, I'm in nine. Plus the Home Run Derby League. The Home Run Derby League's not, I don't, it's, I don't know if I consider it a league. I mean, it is a league, but <laughs> it's, it's a league. It's, yeah, it's a league. It's just, yeah, 10 if you count that, but. Okay. And then so a you're... couple of them are, um, like two of them are draft and holds. And I'll just say this, I'm terrible at draft and hold. I can't do it. I just did. I don't know. It's something I never do good in draft and hold ever. And I'll continue to do them because I like doing them and they're low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're still fun to me. Like I like the draft, but I don't know. I just can't ever put together the right mix and not, I, I feel like I'm strong with fab and with trading and I yep. can't do either in that, especially when you can't fab, like in NFBC, you can fab, you can't trade, yes. but, but, and I can do, okay, I can do fine in some of those that. But the draft and holds, I, I just can't ever get them right. It feels like I'll keep trying one of these years, hopefully, but not this year for sure. And then a couple a couple other dynasties were just, you know, rebuild years for me. But Rotomasters 1 and 2 are the teams I have competing now. So. Oh, I asked that question to get circle around to this for the listeners. You know, Andrew plays in 9-10 leagues. He's competing and has a shot, shot at a championship in five of them. The guy knows what he's doing. And meanwhile, me over here, I'm in four leagues. I don't have a shot in any of them this year. <laughs> <laughs> so as you listen to these shows, Andrew's the guy that knows what he's doing. And yeah, uh, I'm not saying I don't, but it gives good advice and he wins leagues. And that's, I say this because I don't stress this enough during these episodes he he's a he's got a lot of wisdom. I've learned a lot in the last year or two as we've been talking, and he's helped me be mediocre. And if you listen to him, <laughs> you might actually do better, and you might. <laughs> I okay. uh, I appreciate the kind words. I it's so uh, it's just so great that we have this community and everybody that's I don't know the group and the leagues that we have. I'm. I like appreciate the leagues so much and, and the group. It's just, I probably don't say it enough, but it's just all 
great. Some of this stuff is like stuff that I envisioned before it happened, especially with like the dynasty leagues and stuff. It's like, I kind of always had this vision of, I want to be in something like this. And now I am, you know, now it's all kind of come together and it is that way. And it's just like, it's, it's just so addicting and so fun. And the people that have met through them and, you know, it's just, it's awesome. Everything about it. I love it. I'm going to bust you here and I'm totally kidding, but I have this vision of four or five different Rotomasters leagues and I win them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a wa- I got a ways to, I got a ways to go in the third one. <laughs> You'll get there. I know a- you will. It's been a good year at that team. It's just, I mean, I'm not ready to win yet, but it's been a good year. Yeah. Okay. Well, any final words before we get out of here? Nope. That, uh, that'll do it for now. Okay. Well, we're going to try to see if we can squeeze one, a podcast in next week. I'm possibly going on vacation late next week. Maybe we'll get one in beforehand. If not, we probably won't have anything the following week. So, if you don't hear from us next week, I'll see. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Don't be worrying that the podcast is done. We will be here when I get back, and we'll be doing this all through the off season. Andrew and I have been talking about plans of things to do, and we're going to bring you content all through the off season too. As everybody else is, uh, I shouldn't say everybody else. A lot of people are shutting it down for the off season. We'll be here. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, we appreciate y'all, and take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.